0: Welcome to Liberty Church, London. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. My name is Shekin Johnson. I'm the General Overseer of Liberty Ministries International. We pray the anointing of God be activated in you as you listen to this message. Enjoy. Our resident pastor just came out to give what he pretty much sums up the word today, and that idea that you're no longer a slave to fear, no longer a slave to anything. And we'll begin to understand who God is and what he is to us. Um, also, for those that are watching from home, I'm quite mindful of how the message can go and where the Spirit can lead. And we always often miss you out when it's time for offerings. So um, if I could get the um, overhead Projector team, for those that are at home, to have the um, account number up there so that you don't miss out. Giving is an important part of our worship and our relationship to God. So... In case your internet connection goes off or ours does, anything can happen. But um, you are still blessed as a giver. So um, please take these account numbers down. So code 600732, account number 913-42899. Um, it's so interesting. Through the pandemic, I've actually got used to giving my offering online. And it's just a regular thing. I just, it just, it just, especially with my tithe, I've been more consistent tithing in the pandemic than before the pandemic. I don't know, but it means God's been really good. Uh, and my tithing has increased in the pandemic rather than before the pandemic. I know there are many testimonies and our Thanksgiving is coming up, but I'm, I'm telling you, God has been good. And when we understand that we are no longer slaves to fear, but we are children of God. Uh, our, our bishop, elect John, obviously told us that it reminded us that in the land of Goshen, where the children of God, not just the Hebrews, so you can be in the land of Goshen, where they stayed, there was always light. But there was darkness in Egypt. There was a pandemic. There was a virus. But where the children of God stayed, God covered that area and location. And a message today is going in that direction. There's something that, that, that occurred to me um, just looking at the, the health service, obviously I, I work with the National Health Service and there are some key indicators that you and I are used to and for me it's partly conditioning and, and the, the message today is talking about temperature. Say to your neighbor, temperature. Now what I know is that a rise in temperature often means, what does that mean for you when you have a temperature, you have a fever? I can hear a few things, but fever, you're getting ill, your body's fighting something, paracetamol. (laughs) And you realize that those very things are what we are known to understand with temperature. And especially when you get a fever, it is not a great thing. A fever has you down. A fever, you could be the most vibrant person and overnight, just overnight, things can change. You may have to call into work if you're going into work and say, I can't make it in today. Your plans are skewed for the day. And I really wanted to understand why that was. Um, and um, I heard from the, from the Bat Maria say something about your body's fighting something. And having a temperature doesn't mean you're sick. You're going to think, well, no, it does mean you're sick, because you're, you're, you're sick. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to fill 38. If you come through these doors, you couldn't get into this building if your temperature was higher than 37. If you had 38, we'll have welcomed you to go back home and watch it online. Because temperature is actually one of the symptoms or the key things that they're even looking at in this current pandemic. Your temperature is a sign that something isn't right. I want to tell you that your temperature is a sign that God is working something. And I'm going to prove that to you in the Word today. In Numbers 21 and verse 2 says, And Israel vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou will indeed deliver this people into my hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities. Imagine that prayer. and That will be your prayer, my prayer. God, if you just deliver this very thing into my hand, we will utterly destroy it and do what you want and and just make it great. And guess what? Verse 3, and the Lord hearkened to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites. And they utterly destroyed them and their cities, and he called the name of the place Homer. I mean, isn't that a testimony? They asked God for something, and God gave that very thing to them, and and they they, they overcame a very challenge. I mean, you and I would we'll celebrate. That calls for a celebration. Verse 4, and they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea. So imagine this, journeying after you've won the battle. You're journeying back past the Red Sea that God had already delivered you. So, you know, you're going down memory lane here to compass the land of Edom. So, you're now taking over. You're, you're, you're located in a particular place. Watch this. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. Very rarely have I seen a testimony and people are not happy. You can go up in the Bible, they just utterly destroyed their enemy. The Canaanites were not a a, a kind type of people. The land of Canaan, in fact, the land flung with milk and honey, this was part of their destiny. Yet they had utterly destroyed. God had answered their prayers, but it said the people, the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. This is you and I. God does everything you have asked him to do and you have prayed him to do. But you are discouraged about the way. The way is the wilderness. You had plans for 2020. <laughs> you had plans before 2020. And certain things have happened, but you're not so impressed with God because of the journey it is taking you to get where you need to get to. So God is answering your prayers, God is making things happen in your life, but your soul is discouraged because of the way. You are in, in where we're getting into um, end of October now, and you're looking back in this year, and you're saying to yourself, I mean, God has been good to me, but my soul is discouraged because of the way. Now, the wilderness isn't the greatest place to be, and I pray that none of us really experience what a wilderness is. And the most frustrating struggle you have is not if something's going to happen, but how it's going to happen. That is the most frustrating thing. You know you're blessed. You know God is good. You know God is amazing. And you know that God has placed some wonderful things in your life. But how it's going to happen is what usually gives us fear. How it's going to happen is what allows us sometimes to take a back seat. And, uh, you know, if you ask a lot of people about how their year has been, they're very discouraged about the way. People have either lost employment, they have lost friends and either physical loss or in the terms of emotional loss or connected. They have lost a few things and, and they can say God is good. They haven't lost their Christianity, but they have—they are discouraged about the way. And I want to say something to you today that when the temperature is rising, God is working. So I went to look at fever because that's how we started, isn't it? And I had to really go and understand this because you know, I've always been worried, especially if you've got children and they're running a temperature, It's not a nice thing because you don't know what's happening to them. And um, we've been conditioned that it is a sign. And many of us believe more negative than positive. So I I went to look in, in, um, you know, in symptoms online in the dictionary. And it says a fever is a body temperature that is higher than normal. So immediately, your body temperature is higher than normal. Normal temperature can vary from person to person, and it's usually around 98.6 Fahrenheit, and that's around 37 so degrees. A fever, this is online, is not a disease. Okay? It is usually a sign, check this, that your body is trying to fight an illness or infection. The moment you and I, many of us get a, a fever, we are already panicking. The moment you get a temperature, you are thinking the worst about what can happen. You don't know that... I I, I just understood the idea that I was already healed by his stripes before the foundation of the world. Because the genetics he made inside of me is designed to raise my temperature because he's about to go to war. The genetics that God created in you and I raises your temperature to fight something. You don't even know the fever, or the infection is inside of you. You've gone out, you've come in, you've gone to bed in the middle of the night, you are sweating, but you don't know that it's designed already to begin to fight. You can't see a virus. You can't see an infection. And check in the spiritual realm, sometimes you don't see the devil coming. But what God does is raise your temperature. And when he raises your temperature, you begin to fight. The angels begin to fight on your behalf. I'll tell you something. It's a very restless feeling. I'm sure we've all had a temperature or a fever. It doesn't feel great. It doesn't feel good, but it is not a disease. If you're still having a fever, God is still working in your life. And I'm even talking whether biology or spiritual, if you can still get a temperature, it means your body is doing what it is designed to do to fight things you cannot see. Now, it goes to say, infection causes fever. Now, You get a fever because your body is trying to kill the virus or bacteria caused by the infection. And it says most of these, check this out, most of those bacteria and viruses do well when your body is at normal temperature. They flourish. I want you to understand the physical and spiritual. Most of the things that attack you do well when you are a normal temperature, when your your life seems normal, they can flourish. But the moment it says here, but if you have a fever, it is harder for them to survive. I'm there panicking at night when I have a fever, not knowing that my body raises my temperature so that my immune system can go to battle. So I'm no longer a slave to the fear of the idea that a temperature is meaning the end of me. In fact, it is a beginning of something else. And I looked in the scriptures now, and obviously, there are are a few things, and even the coronavirus, the idea of the, the symptom that they're talking about in the coronavirus is a temperature, but indeed it is the beginning of a healing process in your body. If you understand that, that your body has to fight this very thing. And I, I wanted to look at it in, 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 um, in, in the Bible and understand how God works. God will raise the temperature in your surroundings. <laughs> because that, you can't fight the enemy when you're normal. You can't fight the devil when you're at normal temperature. When your prayer temperature is normal, you cannot fight. When your praise is just normal because the enemy comes and adapts, whether it's COVID-21 or 22, you don't even know what's coming in the future. But what God can do is raise your temperature. All of a sudden, there is chaos around you. And that's why the children of God are not afraid in a pandemic. That's why the children of God are not afraid in catastrophe and chaos and confusion because it means God is working something. And as Rev said in the beginning, it says to be still and know. And we're going to come to that. that. That was amazing. Now, verse 8 is a concept here. And it says, I love this. Um, it says, in the Bible, the Lord said to Moses, make thee a fiery serpent. And this is um, um, in, in, at a time the children of Israel, in fact, were not even believing. And they, were, they, they almost, God had had enough of what they were doing. And there was a snake that bit them. And the idea, God said to Moses, now just get a fiery serpent and set it upon the pole, and when it come to pass that, anyone that is bidden, when they look upon it, it shall live. My question today is, when you have a temperature, where do you look? Where you have chaos in your life, where do you look to? Thank you, Reverend. That's where we're supposed to look to, to God. Many of the times, when we have things going on in our lives, we're so quick to look at a friend were so looked, too quick to look at Instagram and Facebook and, and social media, so quick to, you know, what? I, I, I met some people in this time of the pandemic that you would have believed that they were avid believers, but I tell you, they were shaken. And the first thing they did wasn't to look up to God. They looked up to every other thing because it felt like survival mode. They did not understand why their temperature, and I'm not talking about physical, they didn't understand why their life temperature had gone up. And they got into survival mode. And in survival mode, children of God, we don't think straight. In survival mode, you just want to live. You don't think about who's going to let you live and how you just want to be alive. But in in chaos, we are supposed to look to God. And that's where the scripture says, be still and know. Don't not be running around, not be confused. Don't add to the to the theory. Don't add to the science but understand that God has raised in a temperature because he is working something. Now, you know, there's, there's, there's many times that, as I said, uh, we can all probably testify to something that we haven't been happy with this year. You've either been just frustrated about something, you, you, you've struggled with something, something has worn you out and, and you're disappointed. I want to tell you, tell your neighbor, look to God. That disappointment is for a moment. (laughs) And what the devil never realizes is that disappointment means that God is about to work. You know, the devil feels good when he's disappointed and giving you disappointment. But God is using that very disappointment to turn it into a new appointment. God is using that very disappointment that feels like, and I'm talking about, it could be a relationship. It could be a job. It could be a contract. It could be a lifestyle. Whatever it is that you feel isn't working the way God has commanded it to work. Let God raise it. I'd rather let God raise my temperature than the devil try and raise. Let me, oh God, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The devil can't raise your temperature. The devil did not give life to take it. The devil has no ability to raise your temperature. He did not even create your human body. He cannot. He can cause things around thinking he's affecting you, but only God can raise your temperature because he designed it. So when you feel like this ain't going right and there's a feeling that you feel inside of you, don't think that, oh, the devil has won this. I look at the life of Job and Job's temperature was raised like crazy. In about 24 hours, in about 48 hours, 72 hours, his life had crumbled down. I don't think anybody I know or you know has had the life Job had in that very beginning. And you go and read to the end of Job, and, it, and I, I still tell today, I'm trying to comprehend what that scripture meant when it says that Job's latter was greater than his former. And you know, what? if you understand that, nothing can shake you, nothing can move you. Job lost 10 children in 24 hours. How can you tell me his latter was greater than his former? He lost every business he had spent his life working on. But the Bible said because of the God he served and the enemy could not touch the soul of Job, while his temperature was rising, God was using that moment to defeat the enemy. But what was coming to him was greater than what he had ever experienced. I don't know what you've gone through or what you're currently going through or what situation you're in that feels like 39 degrees Fahrenheit or Celsius in your life. I am telling you that only God can raise a wall and raise a battle against the enemy. I understand it. I can't bear it. When God is upset, even I can't bear the heat. When God is upset with my enemy, even I can't bear the heat. Because God is, doesn't, He puts his best foot forward. He is ready to destroy everything coming your way. Now, let's get to, to, to the real message about the wilderness. The reality is that you cannot get to the promised land if you don't leave Egypt. That's the first key. Egypt feels good. It feels like there's structure. It feels like things are going well. But you cannot get to the promised land if you don't leave Egypt. The second thing is... When you leave Egypt, God's still about to make some amazing things happen, but you have to go through the wilderness. So even though you left Egypt, that was a testimony, because for over 400 years, you've been trying to get out of a situation. You left it, but yet you still got to go through the wilderness. Because God still wants to teach you something that you're going to fight some battles in life. But when I raise your temperature, just know, don't be afraid. It just means I'm working something in your life. And the wilderness, I looked at that is uncultivated, uninhabited. You know, it is inhospitable, a neglected or abandoned area. I don't want to be in the wilderness. It says that a wilderness will give you a fever and you can't hide it. I realized something about a temperature or a fever. You can't hide it. You went to bed feeling amazing. You wake up. Your countenance changed. I've not seen anybody that can mask a fever, whether with makeup, whether with a wig, with a brand new suit, whatever, I'm just saying, (laughs) I don't know, You, you can, I haven't seen it, you can drive the best of cars ever, you cannot mask a fever, so you cannot hide that something's happening inside of you. And that's our idea. The wilderness can take us there sometimes where whatever you're feeling around you, you can't hide it. People, can, people are actually looking, look, I told you they're not going to make it. Look, look at their countenance. But what the enemy doesn't know is that very thing that you look like at that moment is a distraction because God is working behind the scenes. He is raising that temperature. And, and, and that's where we have to learn to be still. Because many of us are very quick to try and, you know, get rid of the look. I, I don't want you to see me weak. I don't want you to see my family weak. I don't want you to see my marriage as weak. I don't want you to see my contract and employment as weak. So let me try and do everything to make you think everything is okay. But the Bible says, be still. Let me stand right there and you make up every assumption you want to make. But I can come on the other side and testify how good God has been to me. I love the fact they defeated the Canaanites. And the Bible says they went past the Red Sea. How many of you have had one new testimony and it takes you down memory lane into other testimonies of what God has done in your life? And yet you're still not happy about the way. Oh God. You're still not happy about the way. I get it. And you know, sometimes I don't think life was designed, you know, to, to, to be comfortable. You can only be comfortable in God. Life itself is not designed for you to be comfortable, because life, as I say, you can plan, plan all day and all night, and they say life happens. So, what life doesn't care about your plans. Life will just dish it out to you. So sometimes, you know, relationships and friendships can be uncomfortable. That wasn't your plan three years ago. You didn't plan for an uncomfortable relationship or marriage. You didn't plan for children. You know, we've been looking for the time to have children, and you have children, and all of a sudden, it's like. You're in the hospital every month, and and you get through that, and, 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 you know, I've got some friends that their children are are teenagers now, and I'm looking at them, I say, surely we weren't like that, because this is a problem. (laughs) And, you know, you start looking at a few things, I'm saying, boy, I need to just, I don't know what I need to do, I might need to just get these boys wrapped up from now, because when they hit 13, 14 I'm going to have to get my boxing gloves on because I'm not playing. We're not going to. But let me tell you something. There is nothing. I've realized children have the perfect uh, mentality to wear you out. I'll give an example. I'll say to the children, they've got these tablets that their uncle and auntie bought them. And um, they want to watch YouTube and they want to watch things. But you're eating dinner and you want to watch it. And guess what? You tell them not to do it. They don't do it. The first, second, third, fourth. You can't match them in the thousand time you're not bothered to just say don't do that again in the 2000 so you might come back in a 1500 time and say don't watch this when you're eating 2500 event of this happening after a while, you just give up. You're just like, you know what? You just pray the internet goes or something. It's like, God, I've tried everything. Just turn the tablet off or make it drop. Make it drop. Let something. But children have the ability to just keep going. And sometimes I say, if I had that tenacity to keep doing while the devil's holding me back, I keep saying no. But sometimes I just give in. But I realize that they are going to be teenagers one day and I'm praying. And y'all pray for me. Y'all pray for some of the children and parents and <laughs> Only reason is because I know what I was like as a teenager. And, but I made it. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but God's good. And I'm praying for those parents that are experiencing any type of, you know, uh, uh, barriers with relationship with children. God can do anything. I don't know what you've been told or what you see on social media. Your children don't belong to the streets. They belong to God. And you claim it in the name of Jesus. And now some of, some of us have, you know, I, I, I have to put this in. Some of us have perfected the art of faking the I'm okay. How many of us have done that? If you say you haven't, I'll have to say that you are lying. And that means you have just made, you've perfected the art. And I'll tell you where it gets worse. How many people know what emojis are? So emojis are all on your phones, and your WhatsApp. Have you ever seen somebody put a laughing face on the emoji, like a million of them, and send the text? Meanwhile, their face is blank. But in the emoji world, they laughed out loud. They were very happy. And many of us, somebody will message you, how are you? In fact, you exaggerate how you are. I am great. Laugh, 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 laugh. LOL, 100, prayer hands, everything. You give it all, but inside, in real life, you are discouraged about the way. Your soul is discouraged, but we have learned the art of faking that we are okay. But I tell you that, and you know, it makes it easy when we're in the pandemic, everybody's indoors. So in fact, we've actually really perfected the art of making it look like we're okay. Because we don't see each other anymore. (laughs) So in fact, I just have to believe your emoji. I actually believe your emoji more than I believe you. Because I'll go back and go, but I'm looking at the message. Somebody says, have you spoken to so-and-so? I'm like, yeah, look at these men. They're doing really good. But they have just learned the art of doing that. And I realised that in this time and season, when you have a temperature of fever, discrimination doesn't matter. People that you wouldn't usually go to for help, you run to them. Doesn't matter if they're white. Doesn't matter if they're black, purple, and blue. Fever just recalibrates survival mode. The world is running a temperature right now. We have seen movements and seen movements where other races will come and stand with races they never believed they would have stood with a year ago because the temperature of the world is rising. Don't tell me God isn't doing something behind the scenes. You see some protests that maybe Black Lives Matter and there's more white lives in that protest than the black lives. You see things that people will stand up for. They've never experienced it. But if the the fact you're going through it, I'm going through it. That couldn't have taken place if the temperature of the world isn't rising. Let me not tell you this. The pandemic didn't raise the temperature of the world. God is doing something behind the scenes. There may be chaos everywhere. I guarantee you it is encouraging and pushing people to align themselves because God is moving. He is fighting something bigger than coronavirus. And that is where we are. And I'm so glad that we the church are beginning to understand that. And and all the prejudices and injustices are going on in the world. And, And I realize this. You begin to have conversations with your neighbor you haven't spoken to for 15 years. You know, you wake up in the morning and go, how's your temperature doing over there? (laughs) You know how, you know, they just, I've had some interesting conversations. Some of them are so irrelevant, but people just want to talk. They've been indoors for so long. They just want to talk to another human being. So they'll be like, you know, hi, you know, I see your children. I mean, how old are they? In my mind, I want to, I need to get to work. I mean, we haven't really spoken. I'm not even sure you live next to me. I don't know who lives in that, but people are just coming out of their shell, because when your temperature rises, you do uncomfortable and unusual things. For us to take the city of, for God, for us to take the neighborhood for God, our temperature has to rise more than normal because in the normal time of a temperature, you don't feel the need to do it. But when your temperature has been taken up a notch, just a little bit, you understand that God needs to be in control. I realize everything I do in life, I'm like, God, you know what? I, I'm not now afraid. When the temperature goes up, I've had some one night fevers and I just never understood it. And sometimes the temperature can last for like, I don't know, three, four, five days. And sometimes it can just be you went to bed all right. But by 3 a.m. you woke up not feeling great. But by 12 midday, it's like nothing ever happened. And I realized that God will work your temperature based on your destiny. So don't you compare your temperature to mine. Mine might take 24 hours. I'm sorry, yours might take a couple of months. But God knows what he's doing because you can bear it. He will never give you too much or more than you can bear. And we go around and that's what symptoms, that's what doctors do. You've got a temperature, it means it must be aligned in this category of disease. God doesn't operate like that. Let me tell you something. Your temperature might be taking you to higher heights that you have never imagined. And my temperature is just taking me to my next promotion. We just got to understand how God works inside of us. And let me add a layer to this, because this is our, our, our time is, is coming um, real quick. I, I, and, you know, while, while you're in a vulnerable position because of the way, remember we started this message with, yes, great things are happening, but I'm discouraged because of the way. The way is the journey, the path I've had to get this. The enemy doesn't wait for your way to be perfect before the enemy strikes. So check this out. The children of Israel were discouraged about the way. The Canaanites didn't wait. (laughs) In fact, your enemy looks at your countenance and prefers to strike when you don't look good. The Canaanites were not waiting for the children of Israel to be settled before they made their move. The virus didn't wait for Brexit. I don't even know how many of us are having Brexit conversations. The virus did not care about any type of movement or progression you thought you had going on. In fact, the enemy wants to strike the most when you look vulnerable. Hmm. But I want you to know there is a God that is raising your temperature because he's about to fix it. And many of us don't know God is about to raise the temperature of this house. And that is the word of God today. And, and I looked at this in Exodus fourteen thirteen. Moses, it says, and Moses, and I want to repeat that, those two words. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians who you have seen today, you shall begin, or you shall see them again no more forever. That Sometimes, you know, you read the scripture and you believe that, oh, God said, Fear you not stand still. No. And who said? Moses said. Those type of scriptures, when I read it in the past, I believe God said. <laughs> but the Bible tells me here, and Moses said unto the people, because he had walked with God. Moses was in a position to speak as the oracle of God and say, I know your temperature is up right now, but fear not. still. I mean, those words are one of the most profound words in the Bible. Fear not, stand still and see the salvation of God today. It means to be still in God's presence. Moses like, I'm a murderer. I've been here. I know the catastrophe and the chaos you're going through. I was raised in the palace. I've been in the wilderness for about 40 odd years, but I can tell you I'm still here because God still stands. Fear ye not. Your victory Oh, I love this part. Your victory, by the way, is not when your temperature's cooled down. Some of us are waiting for our temperature to be all the way down before you make moves. We're in the pandemic. Don't leave your homes. That's the guidelines of the government. We're going to respect that. But while I'm inside my house, I'm telling you that I'm not, I, am, I am ready to make the next move because my victory doesn't come when my temperature cools down. In fact, my victory has begun when my temperature started. While I was in the wilderness, I am defeating the Canaanites. While I'm in the wilderness, great things are still happening. I've been chased by Pharaoh from Egypt. I am going to cross this Red Sea. My temperature might be up, but my victory doesn't start when it cools down. Ah, and I love this. Now, this is, this is where we're going. The enemy wants to shut us up at any junction or so, especially on topics. I was, I was, um, I was preparing for this message. And I had to put this in, you know, especially events that you have suffered in, experiences that you have really suffered in, and you know, people have left you over and over again. You have believed in friends that have let you down over and over again. You have lost loved ones, and the enemy knows how to spread a particular event like cancer. And as soon as I, I, I wrote that, you know, something occurred to me, pretty me like, how are you going to say that when you have experienced? even a death in the family, and it's, it's been cancer. I mean, you still believe that God can, God can do things. You know when you experience similar events in your life and the devil tries to shut you up about those events? A, a relationship doesn't work out multiple times and they say you're not the qualified one to speak on this? Something bad happens in the workplace over a period of time that we don't want to hear from you because it looks like it's happening to you. But let me tell you something. The very thing the enemy is trying to chase your toe for is the very thing you stand up for. The very thing the enemy wants to make reoccur in your life is the very thing you make a stand on and say, but God. You can, t- you can keep coming, devil. You can keep coming, but I'm going to keep speaking on it. Because you can raise that temperature, but I know God is doing something. So I don't know what you've been going through and there is a pattern of events. And the enemy wants to shut you up because the pattern of events seem visible. But let me tell you, that is where your victory is. That is where your testimony is. I don't know who needed to hear that today. But I I was challenged even writing that in my notes. It's like the enemy spreads like a virus just like cancer. And something just said, how dare you mention the word cancer when you have been bitten down and, and you have experienced it. And something else came up and said, but God is still an amazing God. Oh my gosh, but God still sits on his throne and I'm looking at my latter and I'm looking at the latter of my family and I'm looking at the latter of this church and I can testify that it is not only greater, but it's going to be more greater than it is. Let the devil come. You're ready. And it, the enemy wants to shut you up. And I know, you know, the, the Bible says when, when, when Moses says, fair not, stand still. He didn't say the small letter L-O-R-D. He went capital on them. (laughs) Moses went all the way capital. says, Jehovah. Because I know him like that. (laughs) So I'm not talking about the Lord you've read about or you've watched the movie about. When I say, Fennel, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Because whatever he needs to fight with, he is ready. He is Jehovah Almighty. And it's about relationship. So I'm I'm looking at this. Why am I afraid? And I said the song, we said, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am no longer. I mean, that's the definition because I understand what's really happening. I am no longer a slave to fear. But I am a child of God. And, And it changed the realization of this. And let's begin to change our mindset. Nothing is impossible for my God nothing is impossible for my God and whatever you may be going through oh, you know we, we look at God in the idea of what, one of the most frustrating things sometimes even when I'm having a conversation with God it's not whether he can do it, it's about when he's going to do it because sometimes I'm trying to show off for God you know I'm saying that he's going to happen this week and I want to show off that he's going to happen this week and God has other plans <laughs> And sometimes saying, God, we need to sink our plans. I'm really, I'm doing this not for my glory, but for you. But to be honest, a little bit above God, sometimes it's got a bit 50 50 on this. <laughs> and you look at this that God is a God that transcends time. I had to go and really look at it. He is distinct from His creation. That's what I've got in my notes. Rather than being a part of His creation, He is above His creation. He transcends time. Time means he sits outside of time. So time for me is a bother. And it, for As long as we live, we are somewhere conditioned by time. But he sits outside of time. So guess what? He is forever present. You don't understand. I know it's like almost 10 past, it's 10 past 12 at the moment. God doesn't say it like that. He just says, I'm present. And I'm saying to God, God is about the midnight hour. And God is like, I don't know what you mean, but I'm present. God, they are going to take and cut off that particular um, um, thing in my life. And God is saying, okay, good for you. You got the problem. I haven't because I am present. And the moment we understand God in that way, you understand he transcends. He is not bothered by the time, but he will make it happen just when you need it. Not when you want it, but when you need it. That is the God that we serve. And in that time, and I looked at this. I'm like, God, help my perception of time. Some of us are late bloomers because the world said it, not because God said it. (laughs) Some of us didn't receive what we thought we were supposed to receive at the time. We thought not because God said it, because the world said it. So I need to stop listening to what the world is saying. I may not have a job right now, and that's what the world is saying, but where God is present, it says, oh, I've blessed you beyond what you can imagine in your life. And I'm realizing that at the moment I'm keying in into God's time, everything is okay. Oh, church, you better say a louder amen than that. In conclusion, I went to read up about the eagle. And what the eagle does is it soars above every other type of bird. And that's amazing because that's what God created the eagle to do is designed to do that and it has its own special type of vision and it gives it a significant boost and you see eagles can spot a prey from very high up and they can go and be so accurate and that's great about the eagle but there's the eaglet on the other hand has no idea and I liken my life at many times to the eaglet because, you know, I just don't know what's happening. You're in the nest, food comes your way, room service, <laughs> everything feels good, you're protected. And what now happens, the eagle sometimes stops feeding the eaglet. They don't want to do that. In fact, it's been known that some eagles And they perch, and the word perch is they set their home high up in the cliff or in the mountains because they can soar that high. So their children are already used to height. But when you're in the nest, you don't know what's underneath. So what the eagle will sometimes do is, hey, guys, you know, it's time for you to leave. (laughs) It's been great. You haven't paid the bill for the room service, but we understand it's fine, but it's time for you to leave. And the eaglet might either stop feeding, or the eagle might stop feeding the eaglet, or push the eaglet out. And you can imagine the anxiety of that eaglet. And you think, what a bad eagle. How dare you do that to your children, to your young. The eaglet is tipped out, or forces itself, and guess what it has to do? Flap its wings. Until that point, the eaglet did not even know it could flap its wings. The temperature of the eaglet has gone all the way up. It looks like failure. Somebody else watching an eaglet dropped looks like it's about to die. That is like you and I. I feel like the eaglet sometimes, but the moment my temperature is risen, God opens something else inside of me and I begin to flap those wings and I realize that halfway down, and they'd have given up on me, I begin to fly. I didn't know I could fly because I was used to being in the nest. I never needed to fly. I didn't know I could do things and soar. I'm trying to tell you, you have the DNA of God inside of you, but you don't just know it yet because your temperature hasn't been pushed to that limit. But I'm saying to you, I am no longer a slave, so come which way ever you want. As long as I understand the DNA inside of me, that temperature is designed to make me greater than what I was before. And that is God's word for us today. I don't know what is uncomfortable in your life. What has been taken from you that you were so used to. It is not the end. It is just the beginning. This is your time and God is just going to work it individually inside of you. Whatever you came to the presence of God with, whatever doubt, whatever fear, whatever condition that didn't sit right with you. You know, this is not what's supposed to happen. What we've heard is God is raising your temperature, but it's for a new thing. He's fixing it. And we want to say, I'm no longer a slave. I am no longer bound by fear. I'm no longer a slave to the time I'm no longer a slave to, to the people. I'm no longer a slave to mentalities and perceptions. But I am a child of God. That's all I need. I am a child of God. That message was from the throne of grace. I trust you were blessed and your blessings cannot be reversed. Do visit us at Liberty Church, Tom Lane, London, N80QX. You can also find us online, libertychurchlondon.org.uk. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.